0: Hey, Catholic Divas, welcome back to the podcast with Mama Jane and Mama Vicki. This podcast episode is going to be really fun. We're going to be talking about relationships, and we're going to use the acronym SPICE, S-P-I-C-E. So come on into the podcast and learn how to spice your life. Hey, this is Mama Jane. And this is Mama Vicki. Welcome to the Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I'm a Billings Ovulation Method Instructor and a Certified Catholic Mindset Coach. And I'm a Labor and Delivery Nurse, an IBCLC, and a La Lecha League Leader. We're here to share with you the beauty and the pain of your cycles. Have you considered honoring your cycle throughout the journey of your womanhood? Have you ever considered your cycle as a tool towards your holiness? Well, sisters, it is. We're excited to walk this journey with you. So go grab your favorite journal and pen and your hot
1: beverage, and let's do this. Hey, Catholic Divas, how was your Valentine's Day? So many of us associate Valentine's Day as the love holiday, and a lot of it's focused on romantic love, but there are a lot of different kinds of love, so it doesn't mean you have to be disappointed or frustrated if it wasn't a romantic holiday for you, and if you were frustrated this year, we've got some stuff to talk about to make it not so frustrating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back, at Catholic Divas. This is Mama Jane. And I want to give you a very quick acronym that we're going to be talking about today. It's called SPICE, S P I C E. And remember that. Christ told us that, first of all, there's, we need to love the Lord, our God, with all our strength, with all our mind, and with all our heart, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But the question is, how can we love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves? So we're going to talk a little bit about what spice is and how to practice self-love in a good and holy way through using spice but also using SPICE as a little bit of a kind of a checkpoint of any kind of relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's girlfriends, whether it's siblings or roommates or however else you interact with others. So SPICE, S-P-I-C-E, the first letter S stands for spiritual. And we've talked a lot on this podcast The four real kind of spiritual practices I always recommend is mark, mass, adoration, rosary, and confession. So on a scale from one to five, how would you say your spiritual life is? How is your relationship with the Lord? Are you going to mass? Do you pray your rosary? Are you getting into the word? Are you spending any time with Jesus in adoration? And then as you go into relationships. Spiritual. This is one of the things I'm going to tell you. I love being Catholic. You and I, Vicki, have done this before. We had a great time in the summer where I think we've even talked about this in the podcast, but mm-hmm. I was visiting you and took you down to Kansas City to, to catch a train and we missed it. And so mm-hmm. we like literally the whole afternoon we had available because the next transportation wasn't until, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon. And so right. we were able to go. First, we went to have breakfast, which was great. Mm-hmm. We and, went to uh,
1: adoration and confession and
0: mass. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was just, it was awesome. We just did a Google and found a church and we saw that they had a noon mass. So we were like, let's just go to mass. And then we ended up, when we got to the mass, we got there early and they were like, oh, there's a confession. And they're like, oh, and there's the the priest came out with the blessed sacrament. So we had adoration and it was just really awesome. So what is your perspective on the spiritual aspect of the first relationship?
1: Yeah, of course. We talked about this great day that we had. And sometimes you might find yourself, especially we're still in the winter and some places are still cold. And it's just easy to get down this time of year and to become lax in your spiritual life or feel that maybe God's not listening. And that could be a tough place to be. And like right now, seriously, right now we have about 10 inches of snow outside. So the thought of making it to, to mass or making it to adoration, it can be overwhelming. And But God knows this and he knows that we have times of weakness. So there's other ways you can do things like listen to a podcast that's like Bible in a Year. You can turn on music that is boost your spirits and remember that you're not alone. You can make a phone call or you can call a friend. And it's important to do these things when you're feeling down because it's easy to get stuck in a rut. And then the the further down you get, the harder it is to climb out. And at the end of the day, if you don't have your spiritual life in order, it's hard to get everything else in order. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Important. I I love that. Say that again. If your spiritual spiritual life is not in order, it's hard to get everything else in order. Ultimately, that's the most important, our relationship with the Lord. Yeah, because that's ultimately
0: our end goal, right? Super Bowl just happened and Every year, every single team is their goal is to get to the Super Bowl every single year, and we just have to remember as Catholic Christians, our goal, every single human beings really, mm-hmm. goal is to get to heaven, to right. be with Jesus perpetually, to have the beatitude. That is God's the reason why He created us is to right. have communion with us. Yeah, but then also because. God created us in a, as a social being because he is a communion, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He desires each of us, not just, not just inwardly, like how is my own spiritual, but then also to help each other. And so that's why right. I was saying, I, and there's been many times you and I throughout the years have been visiting and stuff. And it's just a kind of an easy aspect of, mm-hmm. hey, let's go to mass together. And I know a young girl. Who she's just a beautiful soul. And w- whenever I see her, she tends to go to confession when another friend says, Hey, let's go to confession. And sometimes that is an easier thing. I know when I talk to uh, parents when I'm in, in catechism and stuff, especially those kids who are going to make their first confession, I always remind them take them out to get ice cream and celebrate that because. They've just been forgiven. And even though little seven, eight-year-old kids, they think those sins are like so big and you're just Uh almost laughing what they're confessing, but that means that they have a conscience and they do. They feel so good after going to confession. Yeah. So that's one of those things that I want to encourage you to ask yourself, how is my relationship? How is my spiritual relationship with the other? And the other could be your husband, it could be your children, it could be your girlfriends, it could be a guy that you're starting to date. It could just be if you're in a young adult ministry or a Newman Center or something like that, or it could be your roommate, right? That that, to me, for me, this is my own personal perspective is that it gives me a very clear understanding of how the relationship's going to go, depending on how deep I can go spiritually.
1: And that's you know and back to the confession. If you get young kids, if you see, if you start out and they feel like confession is a positive thing, it's not punitive, then that's going to lay the foundation for the rest of their life. So there's so many Catholics out there that think that confession is synonymous with punishment. And it is not that. It's exactly the opposite of that. It's to forgive. And there's just, I I know many Catholics that don't go to confession because they're afraid. And that's not what God wants. You should have a respectful fear of doing things that God doesn't want us to do. But he's, again, we've touched on this, I think, every podcast. The only sin he can't forgive is the one you don't confess. Lay that spiritual groundwork so you can feel uplifted and then you would have motivation for the rest physical, intellectual, creative, and emotional are the rest of spice. And if you're grounded and you're spiritually, you're going to be more motivated to work on the rest of this.
0: Yes. And so let's talk about the P. So S is for spiritual, P is for physical. And it's good. we have bodies. We are mind, body, soul, composite. The theology of the body is a good and holy thing. And so it's good to be physical, and and again, that's one of those really great things. I remember back in the day when I was in the army, my husband and I. He's not an exercise guy because he's a tanker, but we would go run together because we had to pass PT tests and things like that. And but that also creates a bond, right? Of whether it's tennis or whether it's soccer or, but it and it doesn't even have to be sports related. It could even just be. Some kind of physical going on a hike or something like that. But there's this, there's a good and holy, our endorphins,
1: <laughs> right? The legal God hunt. wants you to take care of your body. God wants you to take care of your body. He gave our bodies our gift, whatever they look like, whatever shape they are, whatever we may have thoughts about them, they're still a gift. And however you can use your body, God wants you to keep it in the best shape it can be. Now, does that mean we all have to be like elite athletes? Of course not. And I also found. That over the years, your physical, what you can do for your physical well-being, changes over the years. When you're young, yeah, if you're in the army or single or you're in college, you know what that looks like. You can, you have the time on your hands to go to different classes and try different things. And usually, you're, the younger you are, the more excited you are to try different things. And then, as you become a young mother, now you got a baby to bring along with you, so you got to get creative. You either need childcare or you need to exercise that, or I want to say a physical outlet, not necessarily exercise per se, but That includes your baby. So it could be maybe it is a a class where they provide childcare, or maybe it's a, I know there's, they've got a lot of different stroller groups that moms meet and walk. And I know that I am a person that likes to do things with others. So whenever I make a commitment to work out with somebody else, whether that's walking or actually working out or whatever, I am usually more successful. But COVID taught us all that that's not always an option either. And so I know like nowadays, there's just so many different ways to have access to classes or to stretching different things to do on, on, on the internet on, you can find things you don't necessarily quote, have to belong to a gym or, and then a lot of times those YouTube that can make you feel like you are with somebody, even if you're not. So the instructor just feels like you're not alone. So this just, there's just so many different opportunities. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are set up for five minutes. You don't have to, many of us are like, Oh gosh, I don't have the time. I can't, it's going to take three hours, and I don't have that. If you've got ten minutes to stretch, that's that. Maybe your day that day, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. We're bombarded. It's the time of year where all of the commercials are about fitness and diet, how to look better, be better, and it gets a little intimidating. And it's okay if you get that five minutes of stretching in, and that's all you could get that day. Then that's mm-hmm. all right. Or even
0: just going out for a walk. I remember when um, my kids were little and we homeschooled. When and the baby was first born, I throw him in the stroller and everybody would get on their bikes and we would bike around just the block. And sometimes yeah, we would go depend two times, three times, or sometimes we just would go to the park and yes. we would
1: play chase or something with the kids. Walking in parks have saved my life over the yeah, years, hundred percent. Right. And when my kids were young, I used to say, I don't know anything to do in the city except that I lived in, except for where all the parks work that's right and yeah we knew had the different things so that definitely and it gets you outside and even in this weather it's okay even in frigid weather we've got people that live in Fairbanks Alaska and it's cold there a lot so you that's just right learn how to adapt to your environment or Miami Florida where it's still 85 and it's still hot yeah so wherever you are you just got to adapt to what you're doing and again mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have to go on a three-hour road march but mm-hmm. you can go on a 15-20 minute walk.
0: Yeah. And again, it's talking about the relationships. One of the things I, I have a couple of goddaughters that whenever they want to get together with me, we usually tend to go for a walk. We just walk by the river and sit and talk. And that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus did that all the time. Now, of course, they didn't have all of the transportation we have, but it's a good and holy thing. Again, if you have a desire to get to know another person, this is a great area Like, how do I have a physical relationship? And I'm not talking physical as in a sexual relationship, but a physical relationship. And like I said, it may be like a basketball game or a soccer game or whatever. But there is a a funny story about that is that there's one time when my husband and I, when we first got married, I was pregnant. I was like eight months pregnant. We went down to another concern to visit a friend of his who came over from the States. And then he had to work. And so there really wasn't anything for us to do. So we went down to the rec center and we Mm -hmm. just played games. We were it was just really light. And because both of our jobs were so demanding and literally we were just so tired all the time, it was very relaxing in that it wasn't a physical aspect, but it was, and this kind of goes into that other aspects, but playfulness is a really good aspect of when, again, playing games. I know so many missionaries like NET and Focus are really big on games or or youth ministry. They're really big on games. They'll play all kinds of different crazy games, physical, just to get everyone in the mood of interacting with one another. And in this day and age, because like you said, COVID, everything shut down, a lot of times some of us have forgotten how to interact, which is why I wanted to talk about SPICE.
1: Yeah, I also think, I, I think that to be touched on, we jumped from physical to intellectual and creative with the aspect of game playing. And mm-hmm. like that, when you do things with other people, that usually stimulates your intellect, your thinking, and then uh, games are always creative. Someone always has to come up with a new rule.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and so that is, so that I is intellectual. We have a brain it's made to think. And how do we think, how do we go intellectual? How do we study
1: or learn or, on that note, I definitely want to say that can get a little overwhelming too. Oh my gosh. So I remember when my kids were young reading, quote, intellectual books, that was hard to do. Well, reading it all was hard to do. That wasn't children's books when I had, when they were all small. Mm-hmm. And I, it could be, there's a, another podcast I listened to. And one of the things he suggests is reading 10 pages a day that pertains to you. It, just 10 pages. Now that sounds overwhelming if reading's not your thing, but it doesn't have to be necessarily a hard book. It can be Just a daily reader, something that stimulates thought and yeah focuses on makes you think about yourself and maybe your surroundings and how to self improve Mm -hmm. and and again that can be motivating. You know, if you are in a winter area and you are home with small kids, these days can seem like weeks. The days are long, even though it gets dark early. So to always have a little something for yourself is important. And like you said,
0: part of it is that again, it's the wellness, it's the self love. And taking mm-hmm. care of our brains, learning new things. And depending on how we learn, like you said, some people aren't readers. Some people would rather listen to a book on tape or something like that. But somehow learning, even just watching a historical document
1: movie or something like that. For the weekend, I had the opportunity to visit with my oldest son and he's just a smart guy. And he started talking about Caesar and all you know, I don't know a lot about Caesar. <laughs> he does. And so I was like fascinated. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know all these little, I'm like, how'd you know all this? And he's like, I just just read sometimes. But it's just, it doesn't necessarily, you. I could talk to my oldest son and learn something. Well, (laughs) and that's,
0: and that's really that aspect. So it's like, again, we're consuming, but then having those, engaging those intellectual conversations with other people. Mm -hmm. I remember a priest had told me one time. Now, this is back in the day when there were multiple priests, and there are some dioceses that have multiple priests in a parish. Um, unfortunately, in, in this day and age, a lot of dioceses, they just don't. But this is, you know, back in the day, the pastor, he this guy was an associate pastor. The pastor made them at least like one day a week, and I don't remember what day it was, but one day a week, they had two associates and, and the pastor. They all had to sit down and dinner. They were not allowed to have any other kind of, they were not allowed to have any kind of meetings or anything. But the other aspect was, is that they always had to have something to be reading because you can't, as a priest, you can't like sit down at the table and say, hey, how was your day? You can't tell them like, oh, I heard confessions. And, and so that was this guy's, rec- this priest's recommendation. He said, you should always be reading a book. And then you have something to share at the table when you're talking to people. Now, this could backfire because I I just happened to be reading three different religious books and I was having dinner and this one particular one, I was a group of women and one gal was, and I were just chit-chatting about this certain subject and we were just going on and it happened to be about the faith. And the other girl, one of the other girls was like, you're excluding us because we don't know what you're talking about. I was like, okay, well share with me what, because I went back to what this priest said. So what are you reading? And so she started talking to me about the novel she was reading and da-da-da-da and everything. And and then she turned and she goes, so what are you reading? And of course, I was reading these three different books about this particular thing. And I'm like, oops, sorry. I'm sorry. So part of the intellectual is to expand. I remember a friend of mine used to always tell me that she'd read like a little bit of parenting books maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit of religious, a little like a cookbook. Mm -hmm. Cookbook is a really
1: great intellectual thing too. I love cookbooks. They're fantastic. I do too. And it gives you ideas. And that totally ties into creativity. We were talking about the C part of Spice, which is creativity. And we shared that since we, I don't know, I don't have a, I can't quilt. And I don't, I'm not big into art and music. I can appreciate it, but I don't have the ability but cooking, I'm very creative about it. and I have been able to make something out of nothing more than once. And it's just really fun to read a cookbook and get suggestions. I mean, at this point, we've been, you and I have been cooking for big families for a lot of years. So it's, it's riding a bike for us to go in the kitchen. And we can almost always flap something together that the general populace will eat. Right. It is fun to, and I know a lot of kids today, I And mean, you just pop on the internet and you could get so many different recipes. But there's something about just looking through a cookbook. Oh yeah! Actually, when I was young, my mother-in-law, when I was a young mom, she used to get there. Used to be magazines, Taste of Home, and Quick Cooking. Y'all, you'd have thought that it was my birthday the days those came in the mail. I was just beyond excited to get these publications. <laughs> but yeah, so you're trying to be creative, and like, how am I going to feed these uh, this litter of children I have? And yeah, how am I going to make a budget work? And just the mm-hmm. different things. And and it in the book, you don't get so overwhelmed. Sometimes I find if you Google. Tomato soup. You get a hundred different recipes, and you're like, "Oh gosh, it's easy to go. Which one do I try?" And and if you're looking at a book, there's not so many, and you can use your own thinking skills and focus in on your talents. Right, right. Yeah, I agree
0: with you. For years, I didn't think I had a creative bone in my body. And actually, another friend of mine, she was. We lived on post, and there was a special. And a lot of times, the Protestants and Catholics have to do a lot of stuff together on post and this, it happened to this pastor's wife and there, it was a creative thing. And I went really fearful because I was like, I'm not creative. I just kept saying that I'm not creative. I'm not creative guys. I don't know what I'm doing. And finally she pulled me aside and she said, sweetheart, you are creative because you are made in the image and likeness of God. And God is the creator of all things. That was so powerful for me. That gave me permission to look For my creativity.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I think a lot of us need that permission to look for our own creativity, to believe that, yes, we have it in some way. Creating this
0: podcast was one of the things that I accepted that I knew I'm called to do this. And it has been creative. A lot of the back stuff that we have to think about of the content and where we're going with it and things like that, that is creative. Writing is very creative. and I know you're a very good writer as well. But again, how do we develop the the aspect of creating
1: with one another? That's like you said in relationships, definitely that's an important part of relationships. Like how are you going to work through certain obstacles that come up, or even goals you said it doesn't have to be an obstacle. It could be something you both want to do. and how, You can get there. And a lot of times, the traditional route might not be the right route, but together you come up with an idea. And I thought about that too. Mothering, you do have to be creative. You set up one plan and then the weather changes or a kid gets sick, whatever. You do have to be creative in (laughs) reorganizing the original plan. Yeah. And you're right. And even in the
0: home, even in the home Mm -hmm. making, remodeling a home or redecorating a home for seasons, you're really good at that. You and your mom are both very good at that. I haven't acquired or I haven't taken the time. I've just not chosen to take the time to really get into the decorating in the seasons. I think part of it also is because I live in the Southwest and it's pretty much, the same. even though the fall and things like that, but you guys are really good about that. And that is a creative <laughs> avenue as well. That's true. And, Thanks.
1: <laughs> you know, no, I know, period creative when I, when I had my four, four boys and two were especially close. And they were just a disaster at the dinner table. I would just be so frustrated because so I had to be creative in how to strategically place these children. So the mess was contained. And I figured out putting a sheet underneath their high chairs. It was just, it's just funny. That was this little
0: memory I had. So
1: at the time I wouldn't have said, wow, I'm so creative. I came up with this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is, that's what I'm saying is that we don't give ourselves enough credit on the creative aspects that we are as women. As women, we are co-creators. That this is Mm -hmm. our gift to the world is to be creative. And I know nowadays, a lot of people, there's those adult coloring books. And those are so soothing. And maybe you don't draw the actual picture yourself, but you and I and somebody else could have the same picture and the colors that we color scheme. Yep. And that is so creative. And that kind of goes into the last letter is emotional. Our emotional well-being, and I have a lot of friends whose therapists have recommended, I don't even know what they're called, they're adult coloring books, but they have, you know, specific Mm -hmm. pages or whatever. Yes, and and it gives them the opportunity to calm Mm -hmm. themselves down and (laughs) really process their emotions.
1: I laugh because at the hospital, they have sometimes they'll have in the break room a, a big giant color by number or, or not color by number, but adult mm-hmm. coloring thing and colored pencils for, I guess, for us nurses to go in and calm down, regulate ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Funny, but it also is curious and, and neat to see the different sections that different people take. And it, it, it's a team building thing in a way it, it turns out to be. Um, so that you're right. That's interesting. But yeah, emotions can be a lot. Emotions can be a lot, and emotions can toy with all the other things we've already tackled spiritual, physical, intellectual, creativity. If your emotions aren't in check, and I definitely learned from you that an emotion, the, the fact that emotions only last 90 seconds, right? That, that's, yes. That, that's, yes. So, Isn't that amazing? So it is because they can seem so overwhelming. And I think it's a very powerful tool just to know that. So if you can hang on to nothing else, whatever strong emotion you're feeling, if you're like, okay, this is just an emotion and this too shall pass. And I can use my brain to think through this. Just let me ride this wave and it's gonna be definitely like getting it through a contraction. Big yeah. breath in and just breathe through it. It's it's going to end. It is gonna come down on the other side. Because mm-hmm. I know for sure the very first time that I heard that people didn't have to operate only on their emotions, I was like, wait, what? Isn't that how people operate?
0: That's you know, it's one of the reasons why I love being a Catholic coach because that is one of the main things that I teach clients is how do we manage our emotions? And St. Thomas Aquinas talks about antecedent emotions and consequential emotions. Antecedent emotions are just that. They're the emotions that we just, you know, it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction, right? Mm-hmm. We don't process it. We immediately react. And then we deal with the consequences afterwards. But the truth of the matter is that the catechism the Catholic Church talks about our emotions Are part of our body. They're neither morally good or evil. What they're there for is to draw us either closer towards the good or help us to be aware and run away from the evil. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, so the antecedent emotions, those are like the unprocessed emotions, we're going to react, boom, that knee jerk reaction. But Thomas Aquinas talks about, and this is what Catholic mindset coaching does is we teach how do we process those emotions through what we call the reason cycle, through our intellect, so then we have consequential emotions. And these are the emotions are like, is this the emotion I desire to feel and to think about? Because remember, the emotion and the feeling are connected. And that's why it's that 90 seconds. And that's really a good thing. I'm having this really strong emotion. The first thing I, I remind people is, What are you thinking right now? Because Mm -hmm. then you can see the connection and then you can see the willpower. This isn't a good and holy thought, or maybe it might be depending on the situation because emotions can serve us and it's telling us things. Anger can tell us that there is an injustice. That is the purpose of anger, that there has been an injustice, but there's also sorrow in that injustice. So it gives us the opportunity to be be merciful, and same thing with fear. Fear can warn us that there is danger, that there is evil, but unfortunately, right. we don't take the time. Like Thomas Aquinas says, take the time to to take it through the logic. Is this really a fearful thing, or is it just my brain telling me that it might be
1: peer- fearful? But, right. Well, that's why I will make a plug for the Catholic coaching because that definitely. Even if you don't do, you don't have to dive all the way in. You don't have to be, oh gosh, I have this thought. It's going to take an hour and a half. I'm going to process this. No, it's very simple. Just sometimes when you think and you're like, okay, what if this thought is fat? Does mm-hmm. like whatever. I think my husband's mad at me. So I'm like, okay, my husband hates me. That's a little extreme. He probably doesn't hate me. We're married. So I'm like, okay, whatever it is, you can break it back down. And maybe sometimes when you think your partner is mad at you, it doesn't even have anything to do with you. He's not mad. He forgot something he was supposed to take to work or whatever, his shoe got wet walking out to the truck. You just don't know. Right. so if you take a moment to break it down and be like, all right, what is the true concern here or what is fact and what is Mm -hmm. not fact? And then that can help you. That can diffuse strong emotions right there.
0: Exactly. That is so wonderful. So that's one of those things that we would encourage you audience to take just Mm -hmm. discerning for a moment. Is this fact? Facts are boring. Facts are that it is what it is a fact is a fact or is it an interpretation or a judgment Mm -hmm. or a perception of something that happened and that did shift me as well when i started discerning what is fact and what is not fact Mm -hmm. what is just a thought of something and just that whole thing and again that's thomas Aquinas. that's using our intellect helping us manage the emotions But also the other thing is going back to our relationships, if there is a very strong emotion, it does benefit to be able to share that emotion with the other Mm -hmm. in a way that I'm not overwhelming you with that emotion, but the compassion, because compassion literally means with emotion. Mm -hmm. And and so you can share the emotion. And that's another thing that Catholic to. Coaching has really helped me as a person, but also as a coach. That's what I help create the space. And it's not that I take on the person's emotion, is that I recognize and I hear their emotion. And sometimes that's all we need is someone else to hear and acknowledge, I am feeling this feeling at this moment. Instead of saying, don't feel that way. Don't feel, you know, and, and we we put it away or something. That is true compassion and that's true love because then you're recognizing the human being at the moment that is in front of you and saying, this is where they're at this moment. How can I serve you without having to take it on? And that's the other aspect of it. I don't have to take on your emotion, but I can walk with you in this emotion. Absolutely. Yeah. So I hope this was really good for you guys. Spice Spiritual, physical, intellectual, creative, and emotional. So you can use that spice developing your own self. And, like, how do you love yourself? How are you growing in these areas and having a relationship? It doesn't matter. Like with Mama Vicki and I, we have a relationship, and each of those areas, we are growing together. And it just makes that relationship deeper and deeper.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah. So uh, we hope this was good for you guys. We Please, we'd love to hear your feedback if you have any comments or if one of those areas you've never contemplated about or how you use one of those areas in developing your own friendships, your own relationships, whether, like I said, it's the roommate or your children or your beloved or your girlfriends or with God. Yes. And until next week, we will see you. Yes. Have a good week. Hey, Catholic Tevas. I hope that you have been enjoying this episode in our series of Winter of Womanhood. And if so, you may be interested in my one-to-one coaching program called Uniquely Beautifully You. In this program, you will gain tools to support your body. You will learn ways to honor the changes in your family. You will learn communication skills to rebuild the most important relationships You will identify the talents and strengths that you have already mastered, and you will discover those that have laid dormant. Together, we will uncover the dreams that are still within you. The world needs you. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes and schedule a call with me today.